Lockdown Visual Arts. Immersed, an inundation, an inhalation, an aspiration, no respiration, an annihilation, engulfing mortality, suffocating, drowned, overburdened, swamp, swamp, surge, crap and silt, pond immersed, packed the lungs, crammed in, an inhalation through the cavity, an asteroid, for space, no rest, air, cold, an annihilation, engulfing mortality, filled, Drown, drowned, immersed, Glutton for Immersed. space, grief for air, Immersed. cold, bloated, swollen, and filled, no respiration, an inundation, an annihilation, an inhalation, mortality, an aspiration, no respiration, an annihilation, engulfing mortality, suffocating, drown, overburden, besiege, pack the lungs, cram them, torrent flow cavities, swollen. Glutton for space, grief for air, cold. Filled, sweating, filled, sweating, Immersed, an inundation, an inhalation, an aspiration, no respiration, an annihilation, suffocating, sunk. Where did the text come from? I wrote it. I liked it. I thought what what I wanted to mention with the text is this thing of um, it. I personally found it went quite fast but it was like that sort of fastness of of drowning it kind of emphasized this sort of drowning feeling of you get and you know you can see with the corner of your eye that you've got maybe two or three words missing and then it it's just taken away and I don't know if 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 that's intentional or not but um it did it did definitely and and with the um, the speech you kind of get the the waves so you've got different sort of sizes of waves um through the whispering and and the 
the louder sort of more aggressive uh, tone. I do. I did want to ask you who David Crowhurst is. Actually, Donald Crowhurst. I've got his name wrong in the thing, which is really annoying. But um, it's the one that uh, Pastor Dean. It's the guy that set out on his boat um, to sail around the world, and then um, he drowned. And it turned out that when they discovered his things, um, his like logbook and stuff, he'd just been like lying, like about his um, his like progress. Um, and it's kind of just about. You know, he thought he was going out to do this like physical task and realised that it was more of like a mental task to be like alone at sea for so long. Um, and I thought that was quite um, quite accurate now. And, you, you know, that kind of like just trying to deal with your own inner demons, it becomes so much harder than like your physical. But yeah, so he kind of like just off at sea and then Tassadine did um, a video on it as well. So that's where I found out about him. So did you say, sorry, that like he'd actually written a lot of false things that he'd done? Yeah, or or either he'd like radio call to say he was in locations that he wasn't in, I can't remember how long ago it was, but they just, he found out that he'd just been lying and he'd just kind of gone a bit delusional. And it got to the point where the boat was found and he wasn't, so he kind of had jumped overboard. Wow. Um, it had all got too much. Because it's, you know, it's it's quite interesting that because what I really felt from the video was that you weren't quite sure if the person was dead or alive and for a long time I kind of thought they were, were dead and drowned and then you'd see them moving an arm again but then they kind of looked like they were dead and then you thought oh maybe it was just the tide blowing them and like a saddened like telling narrative but at the same time you've, you've got this kind of almost like soft sea shanty music going on so it's almost like a fable and I can't quite tell if it's you know reality in terms of somebody's narrative or almost like this fable that's just kind of going along with the sea kind of like quite mystically and yeah and I just kind of felt like the fact that I couldn't work out if this person was dead or alive kind of conceptually like drew me to kind of whether it was reality or not yeah I wanted to keep that quite ambiguous because um quite often throughout literature and um even like paintings and things like the classic um like Ophelia she's drowned but she kind of looks so like beautiful and pristine and I kind of wanted to take this kind of romanticism of drowning and a violence of it as well yeah. um and that invasion in your own body um yeah, so I kind of wanted to kind of play with like the the violence against the kind of softness and the temperament of the sea. Like sometimes it's so peaceful and it's like paradise and it's idyllic and then the next minute it just changes and it's um, so aggressive. Definitely, I think in terms of like what B said with the, the tempo of your voice, you know, and it was really quite striking at some points, but you've got these really beautiful, you know, yeah, like Ophelia kind of images, this really kind of soft beautifulness. We're drawn to think that it's a female figure that's drowning. Um, and I do wonder about that contrast where you're talking about a story of a man who who jumped overboard. Who Who is this person drowning? Because it's definitely not him. And, and there was a moment kind of at the start where it says you don't have to be a man or drunk or something else um I, I can't remember what the, the third word was yeah it was also I was kind of looking at um you know 
sounds like sinister but like who drowns and how people drown and which places um most people drown in and it that was one of the statistics it was like loads more men than women drown um uh often when they're drunk often when exercising by bodies of water um you know going on holiday and not realizing that um the tide's changing and things like this so a bit of research into that so that kind of came from that and i've um quoted a couple of like headlines i think in there i might have twisted them around a little bit from kind of um drowners by the sea but i feel like quite often what was being fed back is people going into these environments that look really placid and look really appealing and they change and they don't they haven't grown up around it or they don't know um you know they haven't researched the tide times or whatever before they go out and then they find themselves in trouble and they don't know how to react um but yeah so growing up i was my dad's does a lot of sailing and stuff so we were on the coast quite a lot and I haven't been for ages, but I was kind of like tapping into that. And I don't think I'd know what to do in that situation anymore. I might have done when I was a kid. I don't know if I would have been able to do it, but you know, that kind of this massive environment that we just, it's not our habitat. It's not where we can survive very easily. And I, when I was watching it, it like, it, it reminded me of two things of like, um, when you're in the sea and then you end up getting caught up in a wave and it's the most terrifying thing ever and you're just going round and round um and I think like the the empathy I had for the the figure in the film or the video it, it made it feel a lot more all-encompassing um and, like it wasn't just a video that I was watching I could kind of feel the kind of fear but also calmness um, but it really reminded me of, do you know, there's a, a Swedish artist called like Pippalotti Wrist? Yeah, the, I love her the, stuff. <laughs> reminded me so much of, did you see her um, exhibition at 182 Strand like a couple of years ago? Mm-hmm. The one where you lie down. It reminded me so much of that. But it was like obviously presented in a very different way. But just like the, like I could, I, I knew what the feeling, like I could feel the same thing. I think that was very well uh explained through through the video i think uh, the the motion i think it was interesting as well because you're the figure within it was quite still and it was just kind of floating there and there was less of a sense of like the like mass body of the water you could have been a potentially in a smaller space or like that you couldn't tell about the waves or the tide it was it almost it was very still but then that with the layered um voice it was almost like the voice acted as this kind of tired instead and i don't know like at first when i was watching it I, when you just maybe see like a strand of hair you imagine like oh is it just in like a bath or something like that and then you start to set the scene more and you're like oh hang on like is this in a swimming pool no like actually this is like in the sea i presume you did film it in the sea it kind of evokes all these different like thoughts and like locations I was kind of drawn to that as well and at first I was kind of getting quite kind of like a biblical vibes almost the washing of sins almost quite sacramental and then just with the the kind of the pace of some of the words as well it felt quite yeah ritualistic almost that's really interesting almost like um I've seen this um 
photo book recently it's called like Thames Log or something and it's not the sea but obviously it goes back um this woman like walks from the mouth to the source of the Thames I think or something like that and she kind of documents how people use the river and obviously there's like commerce and people commute over it but there's also like baptisms and rituals and all these events that you don't really Wow. It can even be a ritual of like coming to the river to like row every Sunday, and then there's these actual like religious ceremonies that still take place in the river. Yeah, it's interesting that you know water can you know simultaneously cause such violent death, but also these kind of sacramental. I think yeah, I mean I guess that just comes back through with the whole kind of romanticizing thing and just the kind of the white dress. Yeah, I was looking at a lot of like mythology and legends and a lot of it is around like women and water and um, like the sirens as well. I was kind of like researching a bit about those and that's kind of where the singing kind of yeah. came in as well. It's quite interesting that um, the, the story is about kind of lies um, and this guy not being truthful and yet water is like a pure thing and a white dress like purity in is like that it's like a juxtaposition it was quite interesting with the different um texts going on and also kind of knowing you and knowing that it wasn't you like wasn't a video of you and there was kind of like a a mixture of it seeming quite like an autobiographical um text that you were saying and also like obviously like you're reciting a story um whilst also there's this other person um in the water so it was kind of like I kept found I kept finding myself being like is this is this is this something that um it's like specific to a person specific to an event but it was also so kind of vague like the actual details of what you're talking about were, were really interestingly vague of, of the feeling it was like there was a lot of emphasis on on the feelings rather than kind of like the actual event that was happening but I did find it really interesting how I kept thinking at one point like oh this is like this is a story that I'm envisioning in my head or oh, no, this is a story that Lydia's telling or no, this is a story that is being recited that someone else wrote. Um, so it was just interesting how they all intertwined, especially if I was, it was really intermingled because of the fact that there were the words coming up as you were saying something that was different out loud and then you were seeing something else. And there's four narratives in there. There was like the, um, the descriptive, I don't know, poetry kind of spoken words. Then there was the narrative of Donald Crowhurst, not David, um, which was kind of like some quotes that I'd found um, from that. Then there was um, like the headlines and the actual research and like who drowns and how they drown. And then there was um, like a personal anecdote um, from like an experience that I've had with the sea, kind of all mm. together, but yeah. It created a really interesting sensation of kind of like being like every second I was kind of like, oh, oh no, I, I know where I am now. I was like, oh no, I don't know where I am now. It was kind of like, kept feeling like I was kind of familiar and then not. And that's kind of interesting in terms of the narratives that you are exploring because there's kind of like a lot of lostness and sort of uncertainty that you seem to delve into. Also, not, not knowing your practice, like this being the first piece of work of, of your practice that I've ever seen, I kind of wanted to ask you what kind of intentions you have in your practice or what kind of context sort of you you work with. Because I do, from this piece of work, I think, or I, I make the assumption that you work a lot with the natural 
um, and 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 exhibiting things through film, um, and and with with text. And would you describe text as a material rather than a a form of language? I'm just curious. To... Yeah, that's pretty bang on. Um, that video was made last year, about this time last year, and then it's kind of like gone from that, um, stem from that. So the current thing I'm working on is bodies of salt and bodies of water. So it's about kind of like mapping your own body that's made up of salt and water, which are vital elements that you need in yourself. And then these bodies of water, as in like the sea, lakes, um, and, you know, bodies of salt, um, kind of like mapping yourself onto the wider landscape. Yeah, how we're kind of more than ourselves in the sense that, you know, things are passing through us and we're never really made up of the same things, but also how how we're constantly morphing, relying on this these macro things, but we're also relying on these micro molecules as well. And yeah, I, like, I start off with text for pretty much everything. I find it really easy to work with text and then kind of expand from that. And then kind of... Do you kind of look at artists like, Jenny Holzer or Laura Provost or Douglas Copeland or Ed Rusha um, to see how, how they use text or incorporate text in, in their yeah. work. I used to look a lot at like um, Jenny Holzer and yeah and people like you've been saying and I read a lot of um, literature as well um, but I found there was they were more kind of like graphic designy and I'm still really attracted to like movement and colour and this, like morphing forms um, and kind of wanted to create all the kind of like sounds of the words and like how I see them and um, like written on a page and how they sound and the, the images that I get in my head from writing the text I kind of want to make that you know the kind of morphing that I see in my head when I'm writing I want to kind of make them exist instead of having um, just the text because I felt I didn't really know where I was going with just text. That's really interesting that you kind of perform text on all these different frequencies of communication. Like, in like you know, and that really came through with the film that we just watched as well. You know, it's, all, it's quite multifaceted, like visually, you've got the text, the visuals, the sound, um, you know, audio and, you know, the spoken word. I feel like text is where I start and I don't think I'm very experienced in like painting or drawing or film or sound. I think I'm pretty like basic at that but like you know like text is what I kind of know how to do and then I kind of just experiment with everything else to see if if it kind of looks like how I want it to look or sound like how I think it should sound. It's interesting what you're saying about how you know text is what you find easiest for um for working with and I, I'm, I'm interested in it because i think as a way of thinking it's really interesting because like it's obviously so much part of the process like you 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 seem to sort of come up with the project through through writing and thinking through the writing which um it's interesting just because like a lot of the time when i think about art i don't think about um I, I kind of think sometimes think about the the final product of it or the material in terms of like the end and the thing that you see, but um, I think it's more important. Like it seems more important to you that it's the thing that you work with, the thing that you kind of that you create with. 
um and, and like you know it's it's the like do, do you I can't remember what it is but it's I've heard this kind of do we think with words and, and like how are our thoughts shaped by the words and language we use um so yeah I just find I find that interesting it's, it, I think it's a really um a really complex material to be using so definitely don't downplay it in the way that you know it's definitely a feeling of like you're, you're making words immersive you know and really like feeling like the text as opposed to just like reading it lockdown, lockdown visual, visual. Oh.